in our consideration of the question, what do we know about limitations imposed upon the exercise of God's loving kindness and mercy from the Bible, we have seen that time is a limitation in the exercise of God's kindness and mercy. And thus, because men will not receive the loving manifestations of God's desire to forgive their sins and reconcile men unto himself through the death of the Lord Jesus for them, God sees no other way but to cause this age of grace to end in a mighty period of judgment upon the world of unbelievers, upon the multitudes of men who refuse to repent and be reconciled to the wonderful ways of God. How strange it is that so wonderful a gospel as that of the Lord Jesus Christ should be so commonly rejected, that men should hold on to their sins in view of the great moral light that pervades the world and the great manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We have seen that a day of exceeding darkness shall come upon the world and shall cause an end of the period of the glorious gospel of the grace of God. But better things are in store for this world at the close of the tribulation period, which Scripture appears to describe as of seven years' duration, with the greater visitations of wrath taking place during the last half of this period. The Lord Jesus shall descend from heaven with a shout, we read, to subdue all earthly resistance and establish his millennial reign in perfect righteousness. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, we read these blessed words. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. How profound are these words of comfort for the true Christian. We face a glorious reality in our life with God, both now and forever. But here we notice that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Here is certainly no secret coming. Here is a great manifestation of power as the Lord Jesus Christ enters upon the sphere of this world once more in his great manifested deity. And so at the glorious coming then, the departed saints shall be raised from the dead, and living saints shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air and become a part of the armies of heaven to follow the King of kings and Lord of lords, to establish righteousness on the earth. We read about this in the 19th chapter of Revelation, 
verses 11 to 16. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True. These words are capitalized. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. This is what John the Apostle wrote about in his first chapter of the Gospel. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. What a glorious manifestation of power this shall be. We must remember as we read the book of Revelation that there are a great many figures used to reveal certain glorious characteristics of the end age. And so here our Lord Jesus returns with mighty power and those of his dear saints who have been faithful to him and have looked for his coming have been caught up to meet him in the air and thus they return to conquer and put down all rebellion and set up the righteous reign of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth and then shall no sin be permitted for the Lord Jesus will rule with a rod of iron, we are told. To those who happily submit to him, there will be great manifestations of love and blessing. But to any who dare disobey him in his loving rule, let us remember that the rule of God is always a loving rule, that God purposes man's happiness, not man's misery. And to be in submission to God is not to be in a state of unhappiness, but in a state of happiness. But those who refuse in that glorious reign to be in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ in his righteous reign must be dealt with accordingly. And so all sin shall be subdued and no rebellion will prevail. In the 20th chapter of Revelation, the last part of verse 4 on through 6, And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. How wonderful to have part in the first resurrection, to have this portion we must turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and be reconciled to him and continue faithfully. And so our happiness with our Lord will be immeasurable. But our Lord Jesus Christ affirmed that the great task of the church in preaching the gospel in all the world for a witness unto all nations would have to take place before his return. We read it this in Matthew 24 and verse 14, which we have already noted. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. 
not until this great manifestation of the proclamation of the gospel can the Lord Jesus Christ possibly return to this earth according to his declaration. The gospel of the kingdom is none other than the gospel of the grace of God, that is, the kingdom of God. And Paul affirmed this in Acts chapter 20 and verse 25. And so God, in his great impartiality, will give all areas of the world an opportunity to know his grace and mercy and to turn to him in repentance before the delayed judgments upon men will be permitted to take place. All, therefore, who love his appearing should be like the Apostle Paul, who said that he fought a good fight in proclaiming the glorious gospel everywhere, especially where Christ was not named. This appeared to be the great desire of his heart to go out into the unreached regions of the then known world and proclaim the glorious gospel, the wonderful salvation and forgiveness of sin through the Lord Jesus Christ. But how encumbered the Church of Christ has become in fulfilling the Great Commission. Our Lord Jesus is recorded to have said in Mark 16 and verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He did not say to tarry for a long period of education, master all the profound mysteries of the faith, and then go forth with this profound learning into the world to reach the souls of men. The gospel is very simple. It is to plead with men to be reconciled to God. This is affirmed in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. To partake of the grace of God, all have to repent of sin and exercise saving faith in the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus. This the Apostle Paul affirmed in the 20th chapter of Acts and verse 21, where he said that he testified both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 24, he called this the gospel of the grace of God. And then in verse 25, he said, And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. So the gospel of the grace of God is the same as the preaching of the kingdom of God. And that requirement is that men should repent and exercise faith. Now, these conditions of salvation can never change in any age. Then when souls are saved, they are to go forth with the simple glad tidings and not be deflected back to a similar long process of education, which largely ruins the fervor of witness and commonly leads to a refusal to return to one's former state of life. Oh, how tragically the church has failed in this marvelous privilege they have to declare the riches of the grace of God. How they have failed by and large to imitate 
the life of the Apostle Paul as he sought to preach the glorious gospel where the name of Christ was not named. If the church of Jesus Christ should arise from its slumber, first of all, understand the elements of God's simple way of salvation. Then go forth with the fervor and power of the Holy Spirit, even as Peter declared that we ought to preach the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. If the church understood these simple elements of truth by and large and went forth to insist on these uh, embracings of truth, what a wonderful revival, what a wonderful spread of the gospel, how wonderfully would the name of Christ be made known throughout the world. And thus, when the gospel has been preached to every nation according to the words of Jesus, then we may look for the return of our blessed Lord and Savior from heaven. Shall you and I, my Christian friend, engage ourselves to proclaim the gospel and thus speed the return of our blessed Lord Jesus from heaven? May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, how thankful we are for the manifestations of thy mercy and for thy instruction that we need not walk in darkness nor be confused over the situations of life. Help us who know thy name to go forth with the simplicity of the gospel and help many to repent of sin this day and find through faith in Christ the forgiveness and reconciliation to thy great heart of love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.